Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Aloha, Torch Faithful. This is Kelly Wells, host of PWT Talks NXT. Every Thursday, you can hear me and my gang of idiots, Tom Stout, who shares thoughts from the live tapings, and Torch recapper Nate Lindbergh, as well as a rotating cast of guests, cover the matches and events in NXT Live on USA Network. Search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe, or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch Daily Cast schedule at pwtorchdailycast.com. Cheers! Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Jumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Jumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha! In my dentist's office, more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me. What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, PW Torch brings you the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show. It's time to talk this week's WWE Monday Night Raw. So, Tom, this was the new look roster post Crown Jewel, post draft, and they got right to it in terms of the lay of the land in the men's heavyweight division. Put four top contenders out there and uh, three baby faces, it seemed. I mean, I, I, presumably based on everything we saw there and their history, but who knows for how long. Um, and, uh, and one heel. 
and uh, the heel won, Seth Rollins, and he earned a future title match against Big E. Was this a good uh, bookended kind of paint by numbers, but let's just get it out. Let's get a, a good main event out there with four wrestlers who can go and fill the last half hour of the show and set up right away who the top contender is as that fresh opponent for Big E. That also turns the page on Seth and Edge. Um, any Any drawbacks to any of that? Yeah, the season debut. Uh, yes, uh, turns the page on Rollins. That is a big advantage here. Also notable that Edge seems to be, I'm going to guess, on hold until the road to WrestleMania. So it makes the two of them being drafted to the same brand a non-issue since their feud is is as over as the announcers told us it was at Crown Jewel. Um you know, I wish I could be more positive on this, especially since Big E's title run, in my opinion, is going so well so far. Um, but this to me felt like just an excuse to try to hold people into the third hour by by announcing the surprise ladder match. Uh, you mentioned the cavalcade of baby faces after uh, Seth had already been given the big presentation as like, the guy who was coming out and Seth was the one who was focal throughout the show. So for, for those reasons, it just seemed so obvious that Seth was going to win this in the end. And what I responded to was big E saying, dude, you lost your last big match. You are in the back of the line. As far as I'm concerned, let's come up with a more logical way to, to figure out my next contender, which I thought, and maybe this is just me thinking about it too much, but I thought that was going to then open up Rollins to um, find some way into a more personal feud with Big E and stoke Big E into saying, you know what? Okay, I do want you to be my next challenger so I can beat you up in that ring. Um, So that's what I was responding to. And then they added all this other stuff onto it that didn't change that, of course, it's going to be Seth coming up. I, I'm. I, I hear what you're saying. I, I think my response is I don't want Seth in another deeply personal feud right now. I've had my fill of Seth in a <laughs> deeply personal feud. I'm. I'm there. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's 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 an imperfect world, and there's not a, a list of great options that I think they overlooked when when getting to this point. Kind of just set the stage. I think Big E as a champion against Seth, a legacy star in WWE, former Shield member, you know, WrestleMania main eventer, just an established top guy. For him to be the next opponent, to be fed to Big E, more more big picture, I like. Um, I also liked, even though it has some of the negatives that you bring up, which is so he just gets to be thrown in a four way, and if he wins, he gets to be number one, even though he lost all all these you know all these things happen that Big E brought up. I just like Big E bringing that stuff up. Like I I just that's what you would say, and sometimes WWE, you know, and by sometimes I mean usually they are very selective in what they'll bring up and they just want fans to forget anything they don't bring up again and if it's inconvenient and in a way it was inconvenient for the reasons you said i'm kind of on the side of hey they brought up something inconvenient they didn't ignore that you know seth lost the feud they they're not they didn't ignore bobby lashley lost to goldberg you know they they're they're kind of hanging a lantern on some of the stuff that is inconvenient for raw post draft to, to be talked about regarding some of their top stars. So I, I, I am kind of seeing the glass half full as far as some of the approaches they took without, I'm not 
turning a blind eye to, to the negatives, but I'm not sure that I like the alternative better. Sure, I agree. And and this is me. I'm always looking for the story. And I felt like I saw that prime opening for it there. But I am with you that I agree. Seth is the uh, not just of these these people that they presented tonight, but Seth is the right one to go here uh, to go with here, just like they did with Drew uh, after WrestleMania last year. Uh, Seth was that guy then and he's still in that spot. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of the chemistry with Big E and Drew as you know, two people, I mean, just, you know, sharing screen time at the end after Seth won. Is there sort of a main event big match chemistry there? Does Because part, the, part of the challenge for Big E, and I'm, you know, and, and Seth to a degree, is they're not Roman Reigns. They don't even, you know, they're not Brock Lesnar. They, they're not even, in a way, Drew. Drew has been sort of protected enough once he got to the top. Um, we can put some asterisks next to that, but relative to Seth, who's just been all over the place with his character and the feuds, and Big E, who was part of New Day for so long, and it's not like he's been consistently protected until they decided to push him legit in sort of a surprise late um, late summer, fall mega push of Big E. It's not like he was protected. So does it feel like it's a main event worthy world title match, or does it feel like the B show with the B world title match? How, how do they do as far as that goes to your eye? I mean, when you've got Roman Reigns on the on the other brand and uh, Drew probably breathing down his neck real soon, uh, you know, this this is going to end up being the B program. But I but I think when you look at the roster Raw has right now, this is one of the better options you could go with at the moment as far as their chemistry. I mean, NXT champion number one and number two still at it eight years later and still trying to find themselves trying to find that the consistent character that they're going to go with Seth I think is now closer to the best version of himself the original Seth singles heel run uh, than he has been in several years Uh, and Big E what I liked I liked his nonverbal response to Seth laughing in his face (laughs) uh, and 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 calling him boy um, but you know, I was, it was like, okay, how's, how's Big E going to react to this? And what I have especially liked about Big E's presentation thus far is that it shares hallmarks with John Cena's presentation. They've done, they've hooked viewers with intra show angles with Big E the same way they would with Cena. They've presented Big E as indomitable and with certain spots in his matches that remind me so much of Cena. Um, and even the, you know, the city, the, the glad handy city naming welcome to Monday night raw promo. He got this got today very much reminded me of that. But then in that moment, uh, you know, just looking at Seth, it felt like him. It wasn't just, okay, this isn't just the Cena playbook. Um, it, it isn't just the Hogan playbook, which was, you know, so much of the Cena uh, playbook was that as well. Um, he, there is some personality here and it was just a little glimpse, but, uh, but yeah, they could have done more, but we've got, we've got a while to go. I thought we got a, a serious version of Big E for the most part. And I actually like, I, I'm, I've been advocating for Big E to carry himself like a serious top tier world champion and not somebody desperate to be liked by being the clown because um, I think he's beyond that uh, in terms of his push. And I think he's a more compelling and interesting figure when he's serious than he apparently gives himself credit for or the people producing him give him credit for. 
That said, I loved his mega, mega, mega side view look at the monitor. Um, you know, it's, it's, it, it's, it's ridiculous how, you know, wrestlers are positioned. Like, we won't recognize them if we only see their profile because we, you know, need to see their entire face. So they do this stupid thing. AEW's poked fun at it. You know, the Young Bucks have done the, the exaggerated side view of the monitor backstage, a sort of a wink to the audience. I love that Biggie did it. And if that, if just sneak stuff like that in when it's like, you know, it, 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 the, the, it fit the moment. You know, I'm keeping my eye on this match, but I'm going to wink to the audience with the idea that I'm even more sideways than everyone else. Like, he can't help himself, so let it, let that be the area he does it and not in the ring or on his way to the ring, for that matter. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I thought tonight he was serious and, you know, at the beginning in the opening segment and at the end with Seth. And there's always that sense that he's holding back a little and, you know, that and at his, in his heart, he wants to be more playful and gregarious and all that, but... Being world champion and having this clown laughing in your face, cackling in your face like Seth, you know, calls for him to be a little more serious and go, you know, dude, this is more serious than than you. Are. You know, the situation is more serious than you're, you're conveying it. So I just thought Biggie kind of hit the right tone for me. This is what I've been kind of ho- where I thought where I'd been hoping he would land as a top singles act. And he is the first face in the opening of Raw. You know, they're not saying, well, he's a, he, they're not saying he's a champion, but you know, Bobby Lashley's a bigger star for that matter, even Becky or Bianca. He got the opening, he's the opening image of the new opening to Raw, and that isn't, you know, thought goes into that. That's not an accident. Absolutely, and that's what I mean with the Cena playbook comparisons, that they are sending the signals, at least I'm picking up on signals, that there is more to being invested in him than just, oh, he was the guy to put it on for now, but, you know, we're we're looking past him. And uh, so so it does seem... Like they are committed to this. And and I agree, Big E was in the right lane tonight. And and when it comes to his style of humor, I, I also agree that the uh, little things like the sly uh, making fun of himself, um, you know, himself in this case, you know, making fun of the, the WWE, the company he's associated with, uh, the, his own territory, that is where I think his humor lands best. So, yep. Very good. All right, let's, uh, let's pause and introduce the show. I do want to get into talking about who wasn't in the top you know who weren't who wasn't picked and why in for that fatal four way um you know they easily could have not had Balor or KO or Ray in that match we'll kind of get into the post draft hints reading the tea leaves as far as where uh, different people are and and we'll do that soon here lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thank you for listening to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show. Did you know that through Patreon, you can get this show with the ads and plugs removed for just $4.99 a month and enjoy our podcasts on whatever podcast app you're using or directly through the Patreon app. Check out full details at patreon.com slash pwtorchvip. That's patreon.com slash pwtorchvip. Wipe away the ads to the Wade Keller podcast, post shows, and PW Torch daily casts. That's 14 pro wrestling podcasts per week with the ads and plugs removed for just $4.99 per month. Support us and enjoy a streamlined listening experience. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show for Monday, October 28th, 2021. And I'm Wade Keller, the host of the program, the editor, publisher, founder of the Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly Newsletter and the website pwtorch.com. And also host of this, the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show and also the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast. Those are free. They drop throughout the week on our blue logo and red logo feeds. Uh, This is a red logo feed. Seth would like the color of our logo. And uh, we also have the blue feed for our regular podcast as opposed to the post shows. Tomorrow, Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net joins me for our every three-week flagship get-together. And that means start sending in your emails. Send in your questions for the flagship tomorrow. We'll be recording tomorrow afternoon and uh, dropping it late tomorrow. So be on the lookout for that. If you haven't yet, search Wade Keller in your podcast app and enter Wade or enter Wade Keller and then subscribe to both the red and the blue logos to get both podcast feeds for free on your phone. I'm also the host of the of the Fix with Todd Martin and everything with Rich Fan and post pay-per-view roundtables and also the Daily Wade Keller hotline. And those are all VIP exclusive, so go VIP if you want to hear all that we do and have our full selection. That full selection includes uh, shows from today's co-host the voice you hear is Tom Stelp from the PWT Talks NXT PW Torch Daily Cast. And you can get that show for free by searching PW Torch on your podcast app every Tuesday night after NXT, including after tomorrow night's Halloween Havoc special. So great timing to have Tom on to talk about a major NXT event as the show progresses here to preview it a bit. He will be live. Uh, Tom, you're going to be on the show this week, right? Yes, yes, yep. sometimes, absolutely. Sometimes it's you know two of you, not all three. So, um but uh, Tom will be on and uh, with a live post show, so join them after Halloween Havoc tomorrow night live or download the show. Again, search PW Torch to subscribe. Um, he also hosts with Kelly Wells uh, eight years back, uh, NXT eight years back. Uh, Tom, welcome. Thank you. Good to be back on. I uh, I wasn't 
well, I was I was focusing on other hobbies for several months there, but I was glad to get the call again. Uh, and yes, uh, at Tom Stoup on social media, I've been up to a lot, and all the links to all that stuff is there. And I may I may tug your ear about it uh, soon enough. But importantly, now I am, uh, and I hope you are as well. Looking forward to a promising Halloween Havoc card, and uh, we will be discussing that as you said on PWT Talks. NXT on the daily cast line after the show goes off the air tomorrow night. And, uh, you know, Saturday has become a busy day over on PW Torch VIP, but Kelly Wells and I are still having a lot of fun uh, with our, in uh, what I have found to be quite an intriguing look back, uh, exactly eight years to the day at what NXT was doing uh, since it was it was it was uh, it was nine years ago now, but you know we we stay up with it. It was nine years ago that they uh, will you ever catch started. up? Will you ever catch up? Right. You know, I I think we haven't actually explicitly discussed it. I think we are planning on catching up to ourselves. So that would be December 2017 when we started the daily cast. So then we can say that you know we've we've covered the breadth of. You know, NXT passed the, uh, you know, the quote game show phase, but uh, but we have a lot of fun with that. And it is really, really interesting to cover some flameouts, but mostly the people who uh, rose in in that incarnation of NXT and and that we're still talking about on main roster television today. And one of them was Big E, you know, during his NXT run. Um, you know, this was a time when, I mean, it was a few weeks back, you're talking about him against uh, Curtis Axel as, you know, two rising stars. Who knows who would become the bigger star? The Kurt Henning, uh, Kurt, the Kurt Henning son, Kurt Henning's son, or, uh, or this Big E fellow. Um, what have you noticed about looking back at Big E that either does or doesn't surprise you about the career trajectory he's had in the eight years since? Um... Oh, there are a number of things I could mention. The first thing popping to mind was actually something Kelly said, because uh, I, um, along with many other people, continually lamented that Big E never brought the five count, which, of course, was not originally his, but but it was really fun. I mean, it was the thing to see on NXT for a while there. Like, it was the reason you were going to Full Sail was to see Big E collect a five count over somebody after hitting multiple big endings. Uh and it was it was a shame that he did not bring that to the main roster. And Kelly, and this is the sort of thing that he 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 has a Booker's mind, and he pointed out, of course he didn't bring it to the main roster because there aren't nearly as many people that you can do a five count on in that territory. And I, it was just an epiphany for me, like, oh, that that makes total sense. Um, but it is, I, I did observe on the on the night when Big E won the championship, how happy I was, but also how strange it was that it took that long because it, he really seemed like uh, they could have hot-shotted him a lot faster to the top. Are there any ways he's noticeably better or in or on the other side of things, stunted or worse than he was early on and, and what you thought his trajectory would be? You know, something that was a big surprise in doing the retrospective, and we uh, both... both Kelly and I are not quite caught up to when we were watching weekly. So there's still some content in our retrospective that's that's new to our eyes. A lot of the Big E run was like that. And I had just in my in my memory, I had just decided that Big E was always dead serious and always just the 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 killer 
on NXT, and that was the total presentation. But I think what surprised me most is that uh, he hasn't he hasn't actually changed a whole lot. He was comfortable uh, in in at in the Full Sail Live studio on the network on Hulu in in that uh, in front of that crowd being himself and the like all of his signature humor is there uh he still is the same guy so i think um i think that's something that's notable that he's managed to uh to keep that around so uh, check them out tomorrow night or download the show Wednesday morning. Um, there's a new show every day on the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup. It's the third free feed that we have here at the Torch. There's Wade Keller Post Show, Wade Keller Podcast, and the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup. A different show every day of the week covering different subject matters such as ROH, MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans, and more. Check out the full lineup at PWTorchDailyCast.com. Or again, search PW Torch. No reason not to. It's free. And there's going to be at least one show there for you. In fact, we just ran... Over the weekend, um, a uh, or no, actually, was that on? Was that a? I, I'm not sure if I put it on the uh, interview classic feed or not. But the Randy Mulkey interview that Jim Valley and, and Pat McNeil did um, five years ago. Now I'm starting to think that was on our um, on our Wade Keller flashback feed. I'm not even sure. But anyway, there's cool stuff on there. Is what I'm saying. That's what I'm trying to say. All right, let's uh, let's give out the phone numbers here and uh, and the email. You, if you're listening to us live, you are invited to join the conversation. Don't be shy. We'd love to hear from first-time callers, uh, male and female. It doesn't have to be, you know, 98% male callers. I know our listenership isn't. So um, all of you consider yourself invited. 347-215-8558. That's 347-215-8558. And when you call, push one on your keypad. That flags you on our switchboard so we know that you want to be on the show. A lot of you just call the number and just listen in because it's easier than streaming it. And and we are happy you do that. But, of course, consider yourself invited to join in also. Another way that might work better for you is emailing us a question, topic, or just thoughts on the show you just watched. Wade Keller Podcast at PWTorch.com. Wade Keller Podcast at PWTorch.com. On the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows, we get right into the top story of the show or the top talking point. But if you don't have time to watch Raw, Dynamite, or SmackDown and you'd like to get a rundown of what happened on the show, I record those every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday night for VIP members on the Wade Keller Hotline. The every single day Wade Keller Hotline takes on different formats. But after Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown, as soon as I wrap up hosting the post show and send it off to the producer, I record the Wade Keller Hotline reviewing Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown start to finish. I'll catch you up on everything that happened. I'll talk about key points in each match, key statements in each promo, and evaluate what I thought worked and didn't work, and add some other observations that don't make it out of the post show, maybe something an announcer said, something somebody in the audience did, or other production notes that jump out to me as I'm watching the show. So go VIP and make following wrestling easier. When you are a VIP member, you can hear the Wade Keller Hotline and listen to it as a primer before listening to our post shows. And of course, as a VIP member, the Wade Keller post shows have the ads and plugs edited out for a streamlined listening experience. Go VIP, pwtorch.com slash go VIP. That's pwtorch.com slash go VIP. All right, um, we're going to uh, continue our conversation here. I, I, I'll get the calls and emails in a sec. I, I want to follow up so I don't forget on what I said I wanted to cover first, which was a follow-up to our talk about the Fatal 4-Way match. And we'll certainly get to Becky and Bianca um, 
and other happenings that were actually on the show. But one thing that struck me, and I put this in, in my report on Raw at PWTorch.com, is I always like when they have a new opening theme to document who's in it, in what order, and how frequent. Um, and, and I didn't actually add up how many times some of the top stars were on, but I did uh, document the order. And it started off with Big E, as I noted. And then AJ Styles and Omas, Carmella, Carmelo, <laughs> I almost said Carmelo, Carmella, the Mysterios, Kevin Owens, Rhea Ripley, the Street Profits, Bianca Belair. So Bianca kind of late in the mix, but she can't feel bad because then it's Nia Jax and finally Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins, notably back-to-back. That was a nice touch. And then Riddle, Bobby Lashley, Randy Orton, John Morrison, Miz, Alexa Bliss, some repeats, Bearcat Lee, Damian Priest, more repeats, Edge, Finn Balor, and more repeats. Now, I only went through it once. It's possible I missed someone, but it was notable who wasn't in this. And this will play into my kind of next phase of this topic, Tom. Uh, Gable Stevenson was not in it. Um, you know, some people, not surprisingly, like Reggie or Riker or Tazawa or even T-Bar, Drake Maverick, R-Truth, they weren't in it. But uh, no Otis either. You know, you'd think if they have Otis penciled in as a potential biggie opponent, and maybe they don't, but it seemed like they were at least flirting with pushing him to that degree. Um, he's not in the opening. That sends a signal to me. He's not imminently getting a top-tier push, however you feel about that. Uh, Veer wasn't in it, even though he got a vignette tonight on Raw, and they, you know, are kind of high on him and going to give him a chance. And Austin Theory is kind of the shiny new toy, the 24-year-old upstart. want to get your thoughts on how, what they've done on the main roster with him. Uh, but... He wasn't in it, and no carrying cross. My quickly how the mighty fall, another NXT alum, Tom. Um, so we have that. So with that said, I think, that, again, that's the first informal, not 100% accurate, but not irrelevant either, uh, hint of who they are have their eye on to give a significant push to early on. And then my question to you, Tom, is does any of that surprise you? And part B, are you surprised they didn't insert some of them into the fatal four way instead of some of them that you did. If you were, if there was maybe one wrestler who wasn't in the fatal four way that you're surprised that you think would have been a better pick to maybe even out the heel, heel face face thing or anything else. Um, your thoughts on that. You know, I was trying to be mindful of the same thing and I was looking up and down the new raw roster and I couldn't bring myself to be too disappointed with how things shook out. If they, if they did have to go the way they did tonight. Um, I think, you know, when you look at somebody like Randy Orton or somebody like uh, AJ Styles or even 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 Amos or Riddle, I mean, we're looking at people who are tied up in other things right now. Uh, they they're obviously doing something different with with Keith Lee, um, Austin Theory. They're doing something different with him right now. It's I think it's promising uh, teaser for whenever we talk more about that. Um, but the only name that didn't have another presence on the show. Uh, or hey, I, I when they put up the big graphic of the roster, I don't remember whether he was even uh, mentioned by Corey Graves or or whomever. Is is of course Carrion Cross. Um, you know, we're not really missing out on too much there. I uh, you know I was saying the things about him on NXT that you now say about him on the main roster that he just sort of has a Halloween mask face and uh, doesn't back up his work as well in the ring. Granted. We had to be forgiving of him to an extent in the at the tail end of his run because they just kept putting him with, you know, Johnny Gargano and Samoa Joe and and, and other people who could elevate him to uh, to very good matches. Um, but, you know, he just he's a very one dimensional 
character. Um, and I, you know, if I if I wanted to force myself, I would say the other name is T Bar because he's someone that you could just throw into that position and he would do just fine. I've seen T Bar have matches that I really liked before. I've also seen T Bar have matches that I thought were just blatant spot pe- spot fests before. And I also, and I know this isn't a super popular opinion, I also feel like he has historically had a similar, not to the same extent, but a similar issue. Uh, to that, that which we see with Karrion Cross, that his his facial expressions are, if not one-dimensional, at least overly cartoony, uh, and and perhaps not befitting of everything else he's trying to achieve with whatever character he's portraying. So I'm not uh, lamenting too much that he was, uh, you know, that but that both he and Mace are separate, but still in the exact same positions as they were before the draft. Yeah, I think when you look at including Kevin Owens and Ray and Balor, if anything, it's sort of bad news for, I don't say bad news for those three. That might be overstating it, but it says we're willing to put you in a top match and have you lose right away. And and I so it's not so much bad news for them because they're all established stars, legacy acts in WWE at this point, all three with me. I mean, they, they listed all their accomplishments. And so they're kind of the go-to people that if they ask for it, it makes sense that the authority figure would give it to them. If, if T-Bar walked out there and wanted it, it people would be like, really? Why, why? Just because just he said he wants it, you're going to give him that kind of opportunity? He hasn't done anything yet. To me, everybody else deserves a little bit more of a slow build. Um, you know, Bearcat Lee, if he's in there, he's going to lose. Do you really want him to lose again or come up short again, even if he's not, quote, losing because he's just knocked out at ringside or, you know, diving at the ladder as as Seth pulls pulls the briefcase down or something? It's still him in a situation where he's a player in the mix, but he do, it's not all about him. And I don't know that his character can afford that. Uh, Damian Priest, they refreshed his character. You don't want him in a situation where also he's not going to come out on top. Balor and K- KO and Ray, they can all handle that because they've just sort of been through the ringer. They're, you know, their pushes are start-stop. They're utility guys that can be in a top against any top-tier opponent and seem credible. But you don't look at any of the three and go, oh, you know, Keep them out of the mix until you're really ready to go with them. So to me, it made sense. You know, I, I hadn't looked fully since the show just ended when we went live at the at the options, but I knew they were out there. You know, you don't want to put Karrion Cross out there because it's not, you know, you really have to spend more time figuring out the match in order to protect him and protect others. I should say protect others from him, but like the chemistry isn't just the natural flow. Like, you can just drop the four wrestlers who in that match in the ring with no notice, and they can put on a good match. And they didn't put anyone in there who, who's going to distract from that um, and need a lot more attention or get lost. So I thought it was just a smart main event that, you know, used some of the new star power that Raw has, um, and the three people who didn't win will move on to other things. It, if, if we're going to learn anything, it's just they aren't protecting KO or Balor for a top tier push anytime super soon, or I don't think they would have put them in that position. They would have subbed someone else in there. Um, even, you know, I mean, you can always just take it, but they had Ziggler and Rude do something else. But, you know, a Ziggler type can just come out and go, I'm a former champion too, and I haven't had a chance in X number of years. And then he gets to be in there to take a bunch of bumps and make the match better. They could have done that, and they didn't need to because of the people they use. So I think it was smart, again, through the lens that WWE books and the the where all the wrestlers are, you know, kind of taking all that into account, it made sense. There's no real head scratcher that was included, no head scratcher that was left off. Um, and you know, the only the only I guess the biggest booking negative is just Seth as a heel 
beat three baby faces in a match with no rules. So there wasn't anything he actually did unfairly. He didn't have help from anyone. And so it gives him maybe, it's good to give him credibility, but it also, it's like you gave a heel a clean win over three baby faces. Um, and sometimes that can be troublesome. But in this case, I think it worked, huh? Yeah, like you said, you can justify each of them if there's any disappointment in it. And, you know, I stand by what I said about uh, about T-Bar. But, you know, you could have done something like that where if you if you presented it the right way, if he's just saying, listen, I, I just I acknowledge or or have commentary frame uh, his history or just say, you know what, it's the season debut, according to Jimmy Smith. So we'll just we'll just put Dijak out there that he's asking for the spot. And then you do the Von Wagner thing with him, the Cal Bloom thing, you know, right. okay. You know, you've got Kyle O'Reilly and Pete Dunn and Champa and Cal Bloom for some reason. Okay, sure. You know, they're sending yeah. the signal and then you know what? He actually did pretty well in there. So now we know he's a guy to watch. Um, yeah. They could have done that, but uh, you know, even, even with, uh, with Ray Baller and Owens having been in this exact position for years now, like you said, you can't, can't get too up in arms about it. Every they they're they fit, they're reliable. Um, and, and you can justify, if you think about it for two seconds, you can justify why they're there. Absolutely. In 2012, NXT transitioned into the developmental system and ultimately the brand you see today. On the Torch VIP podcast, NXT Eight Years Back, we'll be taking a weekly look at this page in NXT's early history. Join Kelly Wells and me, Tom Stout, from PWT Talks NXT every Saturday as we go eight years back to the day to track NXT's rising talents and why they did or didn't work out, exclusively for PW Torch VIP members. Let's, uh, let's take our first phone call here, and we'll go to uh, Nick in Brattleboro. Uh, Nick, one of our regulars, welcome. Uh, what stood on in Raw tonight for you? Evening, Tom. It's good to talk to you. Haven't spoken in a while. Um, Likewise, man. To touch base on. Oh yeah, no. I wanted to touch base on um, Carmella and Liv Morgan. I'm going to stay away from the big stuff for yep, a while. Absolutely. Um, I'm a little worried that that Liv reverted back a little bit to her. Excuse my language. Shake her butt and. It's more jiggling her know, chest, uh, but yeah. Trance on down. Yeah, well, she did. I, I didn't want to say. That. <laughs> <laughs> I'm She's just paying being tribute to Eddie Guerrero. Uh, yeah, exactly. Which, which Austin Theory then did, if I remember right, when he was. Oh, so floating. Austin you was know, doing I, a it, Liv Morgan thing. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and then um, uh, Dominic did it also. They were all shaking their shaking their money makers. Um, <laughs> There's an edict and, now. Um, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta oh, get out there and shake cow. Biggie's jealous. Well, you got to shake your money maker, and you got to protect your money maker. That's the other big thing in that match. Um, I just, I, you know, it's it's just too bad. I mean, it's just um, they, you know, that match. They they've run this match so many times, but on SmackDown, not Raw, but um, and it's just put two women out there who are extremely attractive, are wearing very low cut. Um, uh, chest exposing um, outfits, and um, and then having Liv, who for she, for a little microsecond she was, you know, gonna try. You know, they were trying to make her credible, and now they have her, you know, prancing out for the wet t-shirt contest. 
And I just wonder if you got that same impression. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is sort of a middle ground between the worst and the better <laughs> that I've seen in recent weeks. Um, but it, it was a step backwards, I guess. Um, I mean, I don't... What is Liv's character, Tom? What is, like... What is she... Like, if someone... If you're watching... And, and again, it's not... Wrestling doesn't have to be, oh, you can tell someone in three sentences what someone's all about. Like, that's not a rule. But in WWE, it sort of consistently is a thing. And if you don't have that, you're probably not going to succeed within the system or it's a sign they're not even bothering to, you know, they don't, they don't know what you are and it's going to hold you back. What is Liv? What, what, what would you tell someone in two, three sentences is Liv? Because you can say that about everybody else on this women's roster probably probably the hardest question I'll be asked all night. The <laughs> Liv's situation is constantly perplexing. Um, they've tried to get behind her six or seven times, and every time the rug gets pulled out, not after a, a, a good college try with some elbow grease, after one match, or mm-hmm. you know, one match in a promo. Uh, they keep on giving up on her, and fans still seem to be behind her because she comes off as a very genuine and and kind and and likable person, just sort of the person that you naturally want to see succeed. But she's also someone who we haven't seen her in her retrospective yet. I'm not sure if eight years ago she was signed yet, but I don't think she's too far off. And what I really remember about her NXT run is that she was always the part you know, once every three or four shows where she comes out and you're just like, what are they doing with her? And th- so it goes back that far. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's baffling to me. I know this is a really mean thing to say, but it's baffling to me with all the people they've given up on and cut loose that she is still around. Um, so didn't really surprise me that Carmella got the win. Um I I absolutely see, I mean, you can't not see what Nick is pointing out about their characterization, but while I will acknowledge that WWE is very frequently putting me in a position where I feel like I need to mention it on these post shows, I, I do, um, I do, I am okay with this being a type of character that women on the show play when it isn't exclusively the type of character that all women on the show play, especially when they're backing it up in other ways. I've been uh, so far a big defender of what Mandy Rose has been doing on NXT 2.0. Her character is extremely shallow, but it's being sold well through promos and video packages, and she's backing it up in the ring so far. She's had three matches on the show, and they've all been better than any other Mandy Rose match we've ever seen in the past. So... Um, so something's going on and, and I really respond to that with, uh, with Carmella. I think she just really leans in to like, it's on paper, terrible character, but she just leans into it so much to the point where I even love the mask because it's so ridiculous (laughs) and it's so her. What, what do you think they've missed out on if with any of the Liv Morgan incarnations or hints of what she was? Um, is she be- better off as more naturally as a heel or a face? Is there a version of her that had they just stuck with it or tweaked it that could have been her thing? Because like you say, Carmella reinvented herself, leaned into it, and it's totally believable. I'm still not sure if she's supposed to be beautiful or not, and or, or supposed to go she's you know, like she's okay, but she's not like gorgeous. Or if the or if it's like she thinks she really is gorgeous, and this is a natural, and she's just amplifying it and that's kind of part of like the intrigue it's like is she delusional or is is it just a matter of taste or what's going on here but i just know one thing she's just too full of herself to cheer like it's clear and then yeah the mask thing is just in the way she you know worships the 
the craftsmanship of it and all that. So we get that. <laughs> What's Liv? And was there a better version of her at some point, Tom? Going back to that part of my question. Yeah, it's almost the Tyler Breeze thing of like, I, I am going to wrestle, but just don't hit my face. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think the best we ever saw live was a show that I'm pretty sure I was on the post show with you on, uh, during the empty full sale days when she wrestled Charlotte. And I mean, you could tell Charlotte, we, we was, call them the, uns- the days of uncertainty, uncertain <laughs> oh, times, yes, right. uncertain times, yes. uncertain times. <laughs> um, you know, Charlotte was having a really excellent run there and and having good matches with Mia Yim and um, uh, Ruby Riot. I mean, you can't not have a good match with Ruby Riot and uh, unless you're Brie Bella. And um, I, I think that was Liv's best moment. And it wasn't too radically different from what she's doing now. I think the difference is just that in that moment it seems like WWE was quite simply just going along with fan sentiment for her. Um, and I think when it comes to live, that's just as easy as it is. The, she, she has something of an underdog appeal, um, especially when she has somebody better than her leading her through the match. And, I mean, that's why she was paired with Ruby, I think for so long. And, uh, I think that that's all it is, is just following through on that. If you, Liv is the kind of person that if you book her to win, I mean, I guess you could say this about anyone, but particularly with her, it's just as simple as putting her in the W column and fans will be there for her. All right. Very good. Um, Nick, uh, any, any follow up on that or anything else? Yeah. Um, quick follow up as I so much liked her when she was the wild child of the riot squad yeah. with the, blue tongue and at least i mean there, there was something there i mean she was you know there was something you know she was all you know it's all you know roses and, and rainbows and pink elephants but then underneath it you got this feeling that she was like this woman is nuts <laughs> the, the harley quinn that, that was an interesting yeah i mean but but it wasn't blatantly harley quinn it was she was just it was it was just you know that's you know i just quickly i think uh margot uh the way she does harley quinn is just so good i mean she is so good at that character but anyway the other um what what do you think is going to happen with um uh keith lee i'm not going to use it i'm not going to say it is he is he is this heel is this badass baby face is this i'm just i'm really curious i, I what what your guys thoughts are is, is where they're going with him or are they just kind of throwing him out there and see kind of let let the let the ether tell them where to go I suspect they have a plan. I don't know for sure because, um, you know, they could ease him into something and then boom, spring on us that, you know, no, he's a heel. Um, I'm, you know, enjoying him, what, hissing, at, you know, making like bearcat noises. I'm sure he's watched some bearcat videos to try to get the mannerisms and the tongue down. Um, so, I mean, yeah, there's just sort of a pleasure in seeing someone, you know, try to lean into the character. Keith Lee is, you know, was Liv Morgan-like in the sense that Vince didn't like his NXT shtick. Um, you know, changed it right away. Just like, who do you think you are? You haven't earned that kind of, you know, not around here. You don't get to do that. That So Vince has been looking for something. I mean, 
you know, I don't have a problem with Bearcat. I, someone can explain to me why I should, and then maybe I'll change my mind. Um, so I don't know. It gives it's it's something for a guy who was left with nothing other than a really plain name. That sounds like the next male interviewer um, would be called that, you know, because they're always first names. It's like there's you know Kevin Patrick, and and now it'll be uh, you know next could have been a Keith Lee. Uh, Tom, your your thoughts. Uh, I think it's one thing to say, oh, Damien Priest has a devil inside because his name is Damien Priest and we want to give him another layer. And it's another thing to tell Keith Lee to act like an animal because he's arbitrarily a bear cat now. Um, I'm not going to be super down on the bear cat thing because I also was not clicking with his prior presentation so if they're going to try to fit him into a lane at least this is a lane but when he's coming out there and he's roaring clearly because he's been told to um and and doing those mannerisms um it's it's something i like i this being night one of of this particular version of the presentation it has to be a wait and see um I'm going to say badass babyface. Um, when I say wait and see, though, I mean, this is Keith Lee. I'm, I'm going to believe a push when I see it. Uh, they've they've started and stopped with him a couple times, uh, even even back on NXT. It seemed like the last time they really the last time this company really had a plan for this guy was uh, was with his North American championship run. And since then, it's just been seat of the pants. Um so yeah, believe it when I see it. I'm willing to see it, and and hopefully it starts to click more tonight. Rocky start. I don't know what the intended audience is for the Bearcat gimmick. Like, is it you know thirty year old men who are like, oh, Bearcat, that sounds cool. Is it eight year olds who have an affinity for grown men acting like you know a certain animal, and Bearcat might be their favorite animal? Like, I just I'm not quite sure what the hook is. And they haven't done it. They've just told us that's his name now. But we knew him as Keith Lee. Now he's Bearcat Keith Lee. Why? Like, can we, like, hear from the guy? Like, what's even if it's corny? I mean, you've done it. Do it. If, you, if you're going to do it, then do it. To have him have, you know, whoever, Kayla or whoever, Sarah Schreiber, go, you know, have a sit-down here. You go, you know, Keith Lee, you're known as Keith Lee, and now you're Bearcat. What's this all about? And give us a backstory. Let us understand what what he's channeling and what it is. And I just, I want him, if they're going to do it, be all in with it. And it just sort of seems like, well, we got him a nickname now that'll make, that's more interesting than Keith Lee. And that's sort of, and now he's going to act, you know, make animal noises. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, obviously he's talented. He comes with some baggage and um, it'd be great if, you know, they could figure out a way to focus on what he's really good at and not get hung up on, other issues that might not be relevant to making money with him um, and, you know, adding some depth to that raw roster. And that might include being a baby face for a while and then turning heel, you know, but you don't want to turn heel because you're not over as a face. You want to turn heel because you're over as a face. You have momentum and turning heel takes you to the next level. And they got, agreed. And they got some work to do as far as that goes with him. Now through Patreon, you can get the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows, Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcasts, and the PW Torch Daily Casts with the ads and plugs removed and VIP after shows. 
by supporting us on Patreon with a Tier 1 membership for just $4.99 per month. You can also upgrade to get additional bonus content, including all the VIP podcasts and the PW Torch newsletters, through Patreon. Check out details at patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That's patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. Check out our new 2021 PW Torch VIP podcast lineup, including Everything with Rich Fan, hosted by Wade Keller, where on weekends we get together and talk about everything. And that includes our popular Off the Beaten Path segment, where either Rich or I present each other with something to watch that's off the beaten path, and we dissect and analyze and react to it. Sometimes it's weird, sometimes it's nostalgic, sometimes it's therapeutic. And sometimes it's just plucking something from the past that would work today that's not being done. But we talk about uh, WWE, NXT, AEW, all the current events in professional wrestling also. It's a different format and a fresh podcast dynamic with Rich and me. Every weekend, everything with Rich Fan is part of the new PW Torch VIP podcast lineup for 2021. Nick, anything else you want to add? Yeah, last thing, um, did, I'm sure you noticed, but I thought it was very interesting that they did that little five-minute SmackDown report, yeah. you know, kind of so that they can they can have Roman Reigns on Raw every week just by doing, and now your SmackDown update, and then they can show the, the, the main Roman Reigns angle for, for, for that week. Just thought, I thought that was very... I don't know. I don't. You know. I don't know what it says. You know. Are they? You know. Was Fox a little pissed off that they lost Becky? So now they gotta say, yeah, but you're going to get advertising on USA. Don't worry about it. You know, or or what? I just I thought it was just very interesting. Yeah, it was it was noteworthy. I mean, I it, I noticed it. Um, it would be pure conjecture, you know, pure wild conjecture on on why they did it. Uh, they might think they just want to do more crossover. I mean, I Tom, I think they should be doing much more with NXT. You know, instead of generic Halloween Havoc is tomorrow, you know, centered around what Halloween Havoc is about. You know, this should be, Braun Breaker should be, if you're going to have, have him on USA Network and you're trying to draw ratings, as opposed to hiding him on a regional cable network until you're ready to have him make a big splash nationally, they're in this weird in-between zone and they're just, they're, you know, not accomplishing either. You know, he's out there, he'll never be fresh exploding on the scene as a new act because he's on national TV in front of a million people a week when you start counting, you know, well, more than that when you count, like, YouTube, you know, highlight clips and all that. He's a household name among WWE fans for the most part. Um, but you're not going all out with him. Well, if he's going to be in your main event, like, t- t- ha- why not advertise that on Raw? It's on the same network the next night. And if you can do a video package on Crown Jewel, video package on Roman Reigns, you can also air sound bites from Champa and, and and Braun Breaker and other wrestlers or heck have Vic Joseph or Wade Barrett sell the damn thing and be like tune in tomorrow night. You know, they can do a little split screen with with Jimmy Smith and and Corey and Byron and be like our colleagues here at NXT um have you know it's a big big event tomorrow. Let's talk to them briefly about that. You know, I think they're worried they'd lose viewers, but I don't I video package is gonna lose viewers. Commercial breaks gonna lose viewers. If you have a good main event they'll stick around and be there. So I just think they're they're just it's half-assing it in terms of promoting this other show the next night on the same network that could use some new viewers. Push matches, push specific top names, and make the show not brand generic, but about a fast rising star um, testing testing himself tomorrow night. Tom, absolutely with you. Uh, I think that 
NXT 2.0 is very clearly targeting a younger audience. Uh, One of my signals there is that in my uh, mid to late 30s now, there's a lot of stuff that people are talking about on the show, then the references fly right over my head. It's part of a culture that I am no longer immersed in. Um, And so I'm like, oh, well, this is is landing with somebody. I'm sure of it. Uh, And I think that is a deliberate choice to to aim younger uh and they're just again like i said i'm not tuned in to tiktok or whatever maybe they're advertising on there and and i'm just missing it but it's hard not to notice when last week they do two ads for after after focusing so much on the sexuality in nxt which is not an NXT trademark, so you can tell based on the clips that they're using that they are just reaching. Like, you know, Cora Jade is smooching her boyfriend Trey Baxter backstage. They're like, we just got to get every little ounce that we can get uh, in, pack it into these ads. Show show Mandy Rose and JC Jane as many times as you can uh, because that's how they were selling it for a while. And then coming off of, and like you said, like the very unfortunate blink and miss it uh, Halloween Havoc ads tonight, which I don't think even had, it always this is a broader thing, but it always bugs me when ads uh, don't narrate the text on the screen. I don't think the Halloween Havoc ads do because especially nowadays, you're looking at your phone. You're not you're not looking at the TV screen. So talk to me. Tell me what you're advertising. Um, but it's it's hard not to notice when last week they do a Top Chef ad with with drew mcintyre who i guess is on it so he's going to be in the ad anyway but then it segues into the show and byron saxton is talking about this wwe top chef crossover that they are proud to be a part of and they want you to watch and they're now naturally or you know as naturally as they come off speaking about it outside the blended into the show and exactly what you said is what's missing when you know they show the halloween havoc ad and then it's just done and you don't have byron saxton going you know, you need to to check out Braun Breaker on Tuesday nights. He has exploded onto the scene. He can lift people up and throw them around like it's nothing. And he has stepped to the two-time champion, Tommaso Champion Champa, and he will try to win that championship tomorrow night. And then Corey Graves says, "Oh my God, Byron, have you seen Toxic Attraction? They are running the brand now. Mandy is the new face of NXT. And you know, tomorrow night on Halloween Havoc, they are vying for both the women's single and the women's tag champ." Championships, and they are going to walk walk out covered in gold, uh, and you know try to sell it a little bit, and and that's that's all you need. I don't need a split screen interview or anything, or you know, maybe maybe you know go as far as showing a recap of what happened last week, um, you know, like they did with SmackDown, which I I covered the uh, alternate respective uh, respective alternate perspective report last week, and that was one of the main things I noticed that in the Crown Jewel Go Home. They didn't do a single thing for to really focus on the biggest match on the show. Um, even when, even with uh, Charlotte and Belair positioned and told throughout the night uh, as as a worthy and intriguing main event, when they started making their entrances um, 25 minutes before the show was going to go off the air, I was thinking they're going to close with a big Reigns and and Lesnar package, and and they didn't, and that felt like it was missing um you know we all know that it's going on but if they want to do that hard sell that storyline is so intriguing um and and they just uh they just didn't mention it so that was bizarre and um so so for that reason anyway 
I I didn't mind seeing the uh, SmackDown recap on tonight's show. Yeah, I'd like to see more just, you know, synergy. Um, you know, Sonya Deville and Adam Pearce appear on Raw and SmackDown. Um, you, know, I, the, you know, Michael Cole called a bunch of, you know, Raw matches at Crown Jewel. I mean, it's not like they're pretending they're rivals with a hard divide and it's Stephanie versus Shane or Bischoff. Or, it's like they're not doing that. So promote, cross-promote your damn shows, you know, and yeah. don't act like they're separate entities. And, like, yeah, like you said, at least have the announcers talk it up and in, embrace what NXT is. You know, just say, hey, you know, this Raw roster is great. And you know what we have? We got a bunch of former NXT champions on this show. And then list them. We got a bunch of people who are prominent stars on NXT. And if you tune in Tuesday night, you're going to be ahead of the curve. You're going to know, uh, you know, a lot of those wrestlers someday are going to end up on Raw or SmackDown. And we hope they, you know, we hope some of them end up on Raw. Braun Breaker is one of them that I love, you know, Corey Grace can say or Byron Saxon can say. And just tout somebody. It's, you know, WWE has moved into the brand business and, and it costs them. Um, and, you know, AEW is in the brand business too because they, they run on, you know, an ensemble uh, company for better or for worse and there's pros and cons to it but wwe's i remember the nba like 20 years ago they're like stop talking about the, the star players and start talking about the cities and the logos and the teams and the legacy of the teams it's not michael jordan and the bulls it's the chicago bulls with michael jordan that kind of thing and it didn't last because it's a league of stars and wwe doesn't want to do that for you know they have their reasons and that's it, i get the business side of that the leverage they gain from it but i think they've gone too far with it like start promoting your stars and not just the three that you think are in a good spot who are your difference makers you know talk about Tommaso champa in a way where he becomes more of a household name so you can draw that rating on tuesday night and i i just think they, there's some things they're not rethinking that are things they've done for reasons that are a little antiquated now and it just they could use a, a fresh brainstorming conversation that wouldn't be ne- wouldn't be just shot down as you know you're wasting my time you idiot which is sort of the vibe you get in case uh, in terms of some of the things we bring up on this show when I think if someone actually brought them up behind the scenes yeah they've been caught in for years they've been caught in an increasingly odd uh, middle ground between developmental television. Uh, with the people who are more ready for uh, for primetime players and uh, and, you know, be trying to be their own brand. And I know a lot of people don't like when a lot of fans of the show have let us know. And, and, and sometimes, um, you know, my co-hosts will mention the same thing that they don't like when NXT is talked about as not being its own brand with its own stories and its own stars and, and more referenced as being developmental. But when they weren't trying to sell it on cable for two hours with commercial breaks and everything, eight years ago, they would always say, like, oh, WWE management has their eyes on this person or this person. Or, you know, the, the reason Sami Zayn wants that championship is because he's seen Seth Rollins and Big E win that championship. And now they're on the main roster uh, and wrestling yep. at WrestleMania. And they would openly acknowledge those things. And so now that uh, now that it's it's I'm a happy NXT 2.0 viewer, because even though they are going so far with it, that they are putting some acts on TV that should not be there yet um especially especially strange after they had been hoarding people well hoarding is a different issue they had been stashing some people away like your cal blooms for years and you're just like why is he really not ready yet why aren't you putting them out there now they're putting everybody out there and there are definitely some people who are sinking and not swimming but 
even though I have to be critical about that on the daily cast, I still enjoy seeing the floor level that these people are coming in on because that's why I started watching NXT to begin with. That's what invests me in wrestlers journeys from developmental to the main roster. I really respond to that. And so because you're putting those people out there again now, uh, honestly, I say again, but it's even to a greater extent now than it was eight years ago. Um, acknowledge it be honest about it use it like as a selling point like you said um that you know these are the future stars uh and i I like that uh that collegiate feel of the people who are honestly and openly trying to prove themselves to get to the next level and you know if usa network has a problem with it i my stance is always network executives stay out of it you know, you let let the wrestling promoters do what they think is best. They're not sabotaging the show by talking about it as developmental or collegiate. Um, it's 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 self evident to everybody that NXT doesn't have Roman Reigns and won't. They don't. They, they weren't going to get Drew McIntyre in some draft. Like it is what it is. Embrace it and make the best of it. Don't pretend it's not that. And I'm not saying USA would have a problem with that, but maybe WWE thinks they would if they talked about it in those terms. And, and and they ought not, and I said this with Spike TV and TNA back in the day, just stay out of it. You know, don't, don't just because you loved wrestling in the late 90s doesn't mean that TNA in the mid-2000s should be the, or late 2000s should be the best of what you remember when you were in your 20s and loved wrestling. Like, stop it. Let the people who are in charge of this day-to-day run things and make the decisions. And I sometimes think WWE is, um, rightfully or wrongfully, I don't know, but but catering to the whims of what a network except Mike think, thus the Jimmy Smith hire and the Adnan Verk hire, um, as opposed to just putting the best show up they can with the best with the best personnel. Every Sunday night, catch Wrestling Night in America on PWTorchDailyCast.com, hosted by me, PW Torch columnist Greg Parks. Each week, I'll welcome a co-host from the Torch family to discuss the big shows in pro wrestling, taking your calls and emails. You can listen live most weeks beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern. On Sunday nights with a WWE or Impact pay-per-view, we go on the air at the conclusion of that pay-per-view. You can listen live, but of course the full show is available for download on demand anytime shortly after it airs. Visit PWTorchDailyCast.com and click the live stream link to find the next scheduled live show link. Search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Wrestling Night in America every Sunday, PWTorchDailyCast.com. All right, uh, Nick. Any uh, any uh, final topic from you that you want to bring up, or any follow up on that? Last last quick, and I'll get up. I'll yeah. get off and let you guys talk. I'm going to take advantage of Tom's presence here. Um, I think a lot of people were somewhat shocked that EO uh, Shirai that didn't come up, so to speak. Um, and what your th- you know, I'd be interested in what your thoughts are. Is she NXT 2.0 for life, or are they maybe waiting for Oscar to come back and then they can, you know, pair up? Um, I've always thought she's just fabulous. And, you know, watching her fly through the air has just always been a joy. And uh, uh, I'd love to see her um, bolster the, the the rather, except for the top four, you know, weak women's division if she could come up to uh, either Raw or SmackDown. And with that, I will let you guys go. Have a great week. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Nick. Uh, 
uh, yeah, it's it's on one hand, it's sort of unfortunate that WWE or NXT WWE has, you know, con- constantly signaled to us that we have to think of, you know, the Io Shirai's and the Kyrie Sane's in the Asuka mold. But that is how they continue to present them and they and they tie them together. So part of me hopes that they're not waiting for that because, you know, I guess just speaking personally, but I, I think Asuka has so many strengths on her own and 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 obviously so does Io Shirai. Um, and yeah, Io Shirai was number two on my overall list of uh, that, that I never actually wrote down, but on, on my overall list of who I expected to go up in the draft. Uh, and L.A. Knight was number one and he didn't uh, make that uh, shorter than expected list either. Um, but, you know, I it's we're young enough. 2.0 is young enough that it is hard to say but i am really questioning if it's even possible to be nxt for life anymore like like johnny gargano said and probably put on a t-shirt or something and and like tommaso champa has said because um they're not using that brand uh to to impede another anymore um i i wish they never had because that that became my least favorite period of nxt uh, overall, um, and, and, and another reason why I'm happy that we're, we're back to a more fundamental, uh, version of, of what the show was supposed to be to begin with. Um, but, but yeah, like when, when Tommaso Ciampa is, is no longer giving Braun Breaker a rub, uh, what does Tommaso Ciampa do? When Io Shirai is no longer giving Zoe Stark a rub, what does Io Shirai do? Um, they, they're in a way they've reverted to the rookie and pro thing from pre full sale NXT. Cause everybody's paired off yes. like, uh, you know, in, <laughs> in our, we, we've, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, there, there was Kyle O'Reilly was wrestling Ridge Holland, I think recently. And I was like, this is weird. There's no new wrestler in this segment. What's going on? Von Wagner's gonna run in. Right. And he did. Yep. Um, and, uh, uh, we, I spaced on mentioning this on the podcast, but I, I talked about it in our, in our daily cast, uh, our, our Skype chat between the three of us, uh, me, Kelly and Nate, that, uh, if, if they are reintroducing Dakota Kai tomorrow night, that could be the reason why Raquel loses her championship to Mandy Rose. As I predict, uh, it could be Dakota Kai returning and reigniting her feud with Raquel. But then I thought, wait a second that doesn't make sense unless she's with a new recruit because they've got to have some new Mm, blood mm -hmm. in in the feud somewhere um so yeah i uh uh where was i going i guess you know eo could stick around and continue to be the player coach as she so excelled in doing against um persia parada after after JC Jane got pulled from the match and Persia, arguably the greenest of the green that they've put on TV in maybe NXT's history. She is she's so lumbering out there and and uh, and and stilted. Um, all of a sudden they lost one third of their match and it was just Tom Caster and Io Shirai leading her through it and they pulled it off, you know, as well as they could. So maybe she sticks around and continues to do that. But uh but I agree that it's strange she is not on the main roster right now because you can absolutely do circling back now. You can absolutely do that same Oscar presentation and and bring her up as a killer who immediately is wrestling at that top level. If you're joining us midstream, this is the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show following Raw. 
And it is the season premiere, the first episode. I think we got two SmackDown season premieres, by the way. Um, the, the week after the draft and then the actual one last Friday, I think. But this was the only, I think, season premiere of Raw. And I'm Wade Keller, and I'm joined by Tom Stout from the PWT Talks NXT program. Again, join them live tomorrow night or download the show on the PW Torch Daily Cast feed. While you're listening to us, you might as well enter PW Torch on your podcast app on your phone and click subscribe. It's free, and there will be even more great content there if you haven't done that already, including uh, waiting for you late Tuesday night or Wednesday morning, the uh, Halloween Havoc post-show. Apple Podcast compatibility new with PW Torch VIP Podcasts in 2021. If you're an iPhone user and you want a simple way to access our full VIP Podcast library as new podcasts come out every day, we have good news. New in 2021, single-click compatibility with Apple Podcasts native app on iPhone, CarPlay, your iMac, or your MacBook Pro laptop. Now, as soon as you sign up and become a VIP member, there's a single-click link in your sign-up email that will launch PW Torch's VIP Podcasts in Apple Podcasts. Podcast. No username, no password to enter. It's as simple as it gets. Go VIP, find out more information on all the benefits that come with the VIP membership at pwtorch.com slash go VIP. And now we not only accept payments through PayPal, but also a direct credit card or debit card sign up and also through Patreon. All right, uh, we got Kyle, who's been on hold this whole time. Let's bring Kyle onto the show. Uh, welcome, Kyle. What's on your mind about tonight's Raw? Yeah, so overall, Monday Night Raw is the better show, in my opinion, because of the top names that they have here. I feel like, too, is that um, when, from, watching, from watching SmackDown and now Raw, it's no question that, at least, at least in, in my opinion, that Monday Night Raw is the better show than SmackDown uh, as of these first two, this first week of the new brands and with um you know with the main event and who they, just who they have there they have top names on this show ever and it's going to be I can't see myself hating Raw now because there's a lot of names I like here um I think several I'll get to is the Becky Lynch Bianca Belair segment and that was really interesting because Becky said that uh she she said she wanted to face new people and she's done she's done with Bianca Belair and then Bianca came out just being and and uh, just saying that she's still the face of WWE, and and saying that also said that that Becky that Bianca said that she that Becky lost her fans. It was like whoa, that that was like, and then that whole beatdown that happened with the whole Kendo stick thing, and I thought all that entire segment that was just a great segment. They were both that's why they're both my favorite. They're both great because they just were they just they just have great chemistry together, whether it's on the mic or the ring. I just thought that entire promo was great, and I'm looking forward to their match next week for the championship. What do you think about that entire segment? Um, yeah, uh, we haven't gotten to that yet, and uh, it certainly uh, deserves, deserves some attention. We got uh, multiple emails on um, the Becky Belair segment, too, which we'll get to. Uh, Tom, uh, your thoughts on what Kyle had to say, and then you know, parlay that into your thoughts on what they did to clearly establish you know, Becky and Belair. They're not they're not taking their time on this. They're they're not putting them on separate paths. They're going right to it as the next week's Raw main event. 
Yes, uh, and they've sold me on it. It it in I don't know how many people are really expecting me to draw this comparison, but it reminded me of Ali and Mansoor from last week. Uh, not. I didn't expect, well, maybe if I thought about it, I should have expected it. But especially with the way Becky opened her promo, I didn't fully expect a return to Becky versus Bianca. Um, and and by the end of the segment, they really had me wanting to see the match. Uh, Mansoor and Ali last week, it was I, not a program I was sold on. But they just went really simple with it. It was just Ali saying, like, why are you out there smiling? Um, I want to wipe that smile off your face. And uh, and Mansoor goes, do you see me smiling now? And I was like, ooh, <laughs> money line. I want to yeah. see these two guys beat each other up now. Yep. Uh, so they had me. And this, you know, it was obviously wordier. But they they had it was it was ultimately pretty simple uh, and straight to the point. And uh, I. I'm just very impressed with how Becky ice skating uphill every single time is able to get the crowd to to boo her or or at least, you know, not get them to openly cheer her. Um, I think a nice touch that she added to, well, it probably didn't add tonight, but that she leaned on quite a bit tonight was telling the crowd what they want. They probably do want to, we, you know, we probably do want to see I definitely want to see Becky elevating Rhea Ripley. A lot of people probably do want to see Becky elevating Liv Morgan, the two names that she mentioned. Um, but she's telling them that that's what they, that what they want. And she's telling them that she's their hero. And so when you're telling us that, it's like, oh, well, I don't know. Then by, by my contrarian nature, now I'm inclined to find reasons I disagree with you, even if I don't. Um, and Bianca. Uh, I mean, I've just been so impressed with Bianca for a long time, but I've noticed recently that she's been uh, relying a lot on one-liners that have worked the first or second time, but then it just starts to sound like a song that she's repeating the lyrics to every time out, and that was not what she did tonight. Uh, she uh, she had original material and, and delivered it in a believable way that uh, Becky sold perfectly, uh, it really seemed like she cut to something that Becky was like, oh, she figured me out. <laughs> you know, you could see that on, on her eyes, the way she performed it. So, um, yeah, I was I was very sold on this. I, I love Becky's facial expressions during that. I mean, it so helped sell what was going on, um, you know, with Bel Air. Um, I'll, I'll inject uh, an email here and then comment further. Dom from Cleveland said the segment featuring Bianca and Becky tonight really showcased how far Bianca has come as a performer. Although there were moments each wrestler seemingly struggled to keep a straight face, it held my attention throughout, and Bianca's disses sounded like she took a page out of John Cena's work shoot promo playbook. In my opinion, Bianca's greatest run is still ahead of her. Thanks, so everyone go VIP. Um, I just agree. I mean, I, I pulled that up here as part of the conversation because I just think Bianca's found a lane, and it she's in it, and it's a good lane, and she's it feels natural. She feels like a woman who's third, you know, in her third, you know, early thirties. She's a grown woman who is grounded and and relatable, and not a cartoon character like you said, just kind of reciting lyrics. And I I think the crowd is feeling a connection to her. She's she I think at you know when you first come up to the main roster and there's these you know legends of the women's division who took it out of the divas era. It's like you know you're like oh god you know I better just do what I'm told and hope to not you know step on any toes. And I think some of that was going on early. And I think. The journey, you know, the, the 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 path that she's taken in a short amount of time to land in a really good place. I think she's found a better use of the 
of of the of EST. You know, it's she's not leaning on it too hard. When she does it, it doesn't come across as un, unduly arrogant. It comes across as a way to go after a heel with some rhythm and cadence in a way that shoots them down and sets the bar high for what the heel has has to do to take you out, but not coming across as just a gimmick that you're leaning on too hard. Um, you know, which which is fine for Carmella, but Bianca's got to do you know be higher, be better than that, higher than that. And she's just likable. She doesn't come across as a as a flat one dimensional cardboard cutout of of somebody who twirls a ponytail and says EST all the time. So just and and you know, I think Becky wanted to be heel. Um, I mean, you know, she said it wasn't her idea, and then it was reported it was her idea. But I think Becky's going. To, I'll put it this way. Um, I think Becky's going to enjoy. Being a heel because of the people she can work with and elevate. And even if it's not on the cards for Liv Morgan at this time, like Becky wanted it to be at one point, um, I think working with Beck, Bianca is going to take Becky, or excuse me, work. Bianca working with Becky is going to help Bianca get to that even a higher level because Becky is such a pro. Um, and it's just fun watching a segment. And I, it's weird because in wrestling, it used to be fun when people like really hated each other in real life. But Bianca and Becky were working together to help each other in something that was planned but in the end felt authentic to their characters and we didn't get that last friday you know we got something other than that um with with uh with the charlotte segment that we've been talking about all weekend and so you know i i I want i want the artists and athletes on the screen to to be actually working together and not trying to undercut each other or bringing counterproductive uh backstage bitterness and and conflict onto the air so it had a, a sense of uh you know dance partners out there which i'd like to (laughs) <laughs> yep, I picking up what you're uh, putting down there. Uh, yeah, and Belair is is clearly at least she showed tonight that she is conscious of not uh, killing all her stuff in one promo, or you know she's picking her spots and she's I've noticed that she's doing that in the ring with her braid. You know, it's not every single match where you yeah. got to get the braid spot. She's only using that for the biggest spots, and that's it's going to get such a huge pop because not only is it a big spot, but we don't see it every single week. Um, and, uh, oh, I knew I was going to forget my next point. Um, oh, you've brought this, that's what it was. You've brought this up before. Uh, and I 100% agree that one of the almost in intangible senses that you get watching Bianca is just that with as vaunted and established as the four horsewomen of WWE are, you've got Bianca, like you said, on, on a relatively uh, short stint here uh, or on a relatively short timeline, standing next to each one of them over the past calendar year and feeling like she belonged there uh, and feeling like she was their equal. Um, so I think that is, uh, you know, that, that doesn't come along every day. Yeah. She has a confidence. She belongs. And then some people have the confidence they belong and they don't. And it's kind of embarrassing. Mm -hmm. Um, she belongs, but you know, I understand her, you know, I mean, cause she's not Rhea Ripley who's in her early twenties and still, you know, trying to figure out life and who she is in real life. Like Bianca, I kind of think, kind of knows who she is at this point. She's been she's been around long enough as an adult, and it, it, it's going to be a shorter path for her. She's given kind of that that agency and freedom to to be something more than just oh, tell me what to do, and I don't want to step on toes. But she had the I, I perhaps the, it's the maturity and and good sense to not carry herself that way at the beginning. And, and I know, I mean, I heard from some people in the locker room, you know, that people had their eyes on Bianca. Is you know how much of what we see in NXT is who she is? Is she gonna 
you know, is this push going to go to her head? Is she going to work hard to get better? Or is she going to think that she's all that already? And, you know, you, you deliver that by having really good matches and really, really good promos. And and I, 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 you know, haven't checked back on, on you know, the, the locker room, the, you know, sentiment towards her at this point. But my, my thinking is she's won some people over um, with, with the work that she's done, including tonight. Need an extra dose of positivity in your wrestling podcast? Well, come join me, Alan Forel, over in the Pro Rest Paradise at Peter Torch VIP as we bask on the bright side of wrestling and focus on some of the great matches and shows from around the world, be it the US, Japan, Europe, or Mexico. There's always a place for wrestling's past in the paradise too, and we've done fun historical shows such as the We Love Liger series, celebrating the glorious career of Jushin Thunder Liger, and our I Was There When shows, where a guest will join me to talk about a classic bout that they were in attendance for. We love variety, and you can expect lots of it at the Pro Rest Paradise. Detailed PWF Torch VIP subscription information and a list of all the VIP benefits is available at pwtorchvipinfo.com. And yes, all VIP podcasts are compatible with popular podcast apps on iPhone and Android devices. Or you can stream them directly from our ad-free VIP mobile site. See you in the paradise. I'll throw, before going back to Cal, I'll throw in uh, Zach and Texas who adds to this. I said for months the Raw Women's Division needed Becky Lynch back at the top, and it turns out I was right. It already feels like the ship is being righted. Becky Lynch holding court in the middle of the ring was fantastic. The GOAT did GOAT things on the mic, and thankfully this ridiculous heel turn hasn't damaged her very much. She's still the most overwoman on the roster. Bianca Belair more than held up her end of the back and forth, too. It was easily my favorite segment. I enjoyed Becky channeling the Sandman with a white Russian leg sweep. The eventually the eventual one-on-one match between the two should be another banger. Becky needs to go over, clean, preferably, and hold that belt till WrestleMania when someone can be built up to finally dethrone her. Uh, Tom, any additional thoughts on that situation, including uh, what Zach might have triggered or prompted? I guess we can't say triggered yeah, uh, anymore, prompted. I, I, think, I think if there are any of the usual pre-Survivor Series title hotshots just for the sake of that card, this belt is at risk. But I hope that is not what they do, uh, partially because of the genuine intrigue of the match we would end up with if they don't do that, but also for Zach's reasons. Yes. All right, uh, Kyle, you've uh, listened patiently. Uh, We've run with your topic. Do you want to follow up on that or or bring something else up? Um, Yeah, then the... um... I think it's the new music with uh, Damian Priest, Carmella, and Keith Lee. I was like, why? Definitely with, with Damian Priest. It was like, what was the... And and his whole character now is now going to be shifted more as the heel because I guess there's no credible heel mid-carters for him to face for the United States Championship. So maybe that's probably why, but I don't know why he had to change his music. <laughs> It's like, and even, and also Carmella changed her music and Keith Lee changed his music again. Like, them three in particular, that does, that stood out to me with they changed their music and sure. they appreciated his entire character persona. I, that was interesting. Kyle, I think Damien Priest will, I think, I don't know if this is going to work, but I'm not against him trying something different. I, I And I'm definitely curious for Tom, your thoughts, having seen him yeah. in his NXT run too. I just felt like kind of the smiling, cool guy who's, you know, the 
the, you know, the, the nightclub owner who's not going to be a jerk, but he's going to be kind of cool. And if you're, you know, and, and it, like, it just, I don't know. I mean, it, it just, it didn't have an edge to it. And so I think he got about as far as he was going to go and it wasn't where they wanted him to be. So they're trying something different. He's got a little bit of a different look and certainly new music. He's not doing the kind of gimmicky arrow thing. I think it's worth trying to shake things up. Um, what do you think, Tom? Not doing the arrow thing is an improvement. Uh, he got better with the timing and the hand motion over over time, you know, with a lot of practice as one would hope he would. But it still never meant anything. It was just something to say, something to put on a T-shirt. It never had any, any other weight than that. Uh, so that will not be missed. But... Uh, as, as for the music, it is unfortunate since the prior music was, it's not just that we were used to it. It was better music. And now the music that they're coming out to sounds like Muzak. Um, but you know, they've just gradually been moving away from everybody that had, uh, had music, music that like, what is it? They don't want to pay the rights to it anymore since they're not working with CFOs anymore. Well, you know, whatever it is, they're gradually moving away from everybody. Um, you know, or everybody's old, old themes, uh, but yeah, Priest is somebody who what really stood out about him on NXT to me was his subtle facials. Whether he was heel or face, there was always something you could look at in his expression that subtly told a story. And I know, uh, you know, especially in in wrestling, there you got to play to the nosebleeds, but with film acting and with the majority of the uh, the audience watching, uh, you know, close-ups of you on on television, there is something to subtlety, which he just seems to naturally possess, and he's much more intriguing when he's uh, I don't know when he's relying on that. And it seems like with the new thing tonight, he was coached to make really big expressions and make sure that everybody can tell that all of a sudden you're angry because your name is Damien, your name is Priest, and so we're going to do this devil inside thing, and Byron Saxon is going to say you have a devil inside and you're going to get all angry. Um, but uh, as, as I, I think I implied earlier with the Keith Lee thing, I am even though I could totally see them just like trying it for a month and then it doesn't go anywhere. Uh, I, I am in favor of trying this with him because I think it just adds another layer to who he already is. And it's not a drastic change. It doesn't seem like it's going to be. It just seems like, you know, you wouldn't like him when he's angry. Um, you know, so, so, so don't make him that way. And as the crowd learns that certain things set him off, or maybe, you know, once he makes that facial expression, oh, you know, the, his opponent done messed up and he's going to get beat up now. Uh, I think, I think that's it. So I think they're just going for, uh, you know, the badass baby face pop. Is it uh, long-term trajectory, heel or face, and where do you think he tops out? I oh that the answer to that second part of the question has changed a number of times. Yeah. I have, for the most part, I have viewed him at intercontinental championship level, um, or you know, United, you know, mid card champion level. Um, but with the whole Bad Bunny thing and just how how much they invested into that he really seemed like a guy that they were thinking you know what we could pop him up to top title level if we wanted so i think if i'm being optimistic and i, I think i've given this version of the answer a couple of times before depending on where we've been at but i think like a 
John Morrison, you can put him there, but you know he's probably not going to win and they're not going to run with him as the champion. But, you know, you can you can do a little program or at least have him as the third or fourth guy in a triple or triple threat or four way. Um, I think optimistically that's where he is. But right now, I think still mid card level. And I'm going to I'm going to say that this version of the character we saw tonight is a babyface act. Although of course it could easily switch the other way. And like I said, he proved that he could do both quite well on, uh, you know, in other brands as well, but mostly in, as far as what I've seen in NXT. Yeah. I think with his previous pre draft push pre, you know, pre music change and all that, there was just something that he just kept coming up a little short. Um, it just there was something there, and there's something that wasn't there, and I think it was hard to put a finger on. But he just everything should have worked, and it just didn't quite in terms of promos, in terms of crowd pops, in terms of the matches he had. And so I think they just said, let's just you know, it's almost change for the sake of change. You know, it's like if a, your team's not playing well in hockey, sometimes you just change the lines for this, you know, for the sake of change. Or or in basketball, you know, you just change the starting lineup and the rotation a little, and it just kind of feels like that's what they're doing with him. They're, they're not quite sure what didn't go right, and this might be a step back, but they have high enough hopes for him. They just need to change something to see if they can find that path to him getting to that next level higher. That's what I interpret this as, not a demotion. But we got to see if this works. This is a real small sample size tonight. But it was a you know window into what they're doing. Yep. Aloha, Torch Faithful. This is Kelly Wells, host of PWT Talks NXT. Every Thursday, you can hear me and my gang of idiots, Tom Stout, who shares thoughts from the live tapings, and Torch recapper Nate Lindbergh, as well as a rotating cast of guests, cover the matches and events in NXT Live on USA Network. Search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch Daily Cast schedule at pwtorchdailycast.com. Cheers! Uh, Kyle, any uh, final thoughts from you? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't hate it. I think it's cool. I think it's, I, I, I'm a Damon Priest fan, and I, think, I like what he's doing now. I think it'd be cool with this new character. Um, my last point is just about the whole now. Now that we have the new roster from Raw and SmackDown, after watching both shows, I can confidently say, in my own personal opinion, that Monday Night Raw to me will be the better show than SmackDown, even though they have Roman Reigns and Sasha. But Charlotte, just overall, after watching tonight, Raw to me is going to be the better show for me to watch every single week throughout this next year. But that's it. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks, Kyle. Uh, Tom, do you have any sense of that yet? Who got the better of the deal or which show is gonna end up being better I, I need a few weeks to kind of see how things shake out to kind of i don't i don't think it's ob is it's not jumping out to me the way it is to kyle yet yeah i think we need to see where people slot in but i think just looking at the draft you just with my schedule and how i live my life monday is still the day that's easier to watch wrestling on so i will try to be optimistic about what raw has but i see that you know smackdown still has roman and smackdown now has Shayna. um and i feel like there are one or two others that got drafted over there where i was like oh man i'm probably gonna have to make more time on friday nights now because i do want to see what they're up to um so yeah i think i i when i have 
made the time for SmackDown, I have thoroughly enjoyed it more. I mean, I, I watched the whole show this past Friday, and I thought it was one of the best main roster shows I'd seen in quite a long time. Um, and or you know, weekly TV that is. Um, yeah. And then watching tonight, like, ah, not not as much, not as much. They they shuffled the deck, um, but it doesn't feel like a a fresh start and i feel like smackdown got away with that a little bit more maybe just based on the uh the weight of the stories and the investment i have in the individual wrestlers all right up next uh jb from detroit emails he said did did tonight feel enough like a new era or a season premiere to you to me it felt pretty Ah. standard the only exception was seth becoming the new contender to Big E, but i'd venture to say that was expected also is it me or have seth's promos really regressed recently Tonight was a lot of yelling without much nuance, in my opinion. Love the show and go fee IP. So uh, Kyle liked what he saw. Uh, JB, less sure. Tom, your thoughts? Yeah, I guess uh, I'll just echo myself from earlier that I feel even though Seth is not the Seth that I grew to love as a singles heel in 2015, uh, 2014, 2014 that was, um, He's he's closer to that version of himself now than he has been as the Messiah or as the um, the 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 babyface who said questionable things on social media and or made I made made uh, unadvisable choices on social media I should say, um, so I'm more on the Seth train now even though it's not you know I'm not going to buy his T-shirt or anything, um, but uh, the. Uh, I guess I guess just the the fresh start in general. Yeah, it 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 feels like Raw now has a couple of st- SmackDowns storylines continuing on it, and for people like us who who know that we're going to be analyzing this stuff on podcasts and we're looking at the rosters and everything, yeah, you can probably figure out that Seth is the best choice to go for Big E even before his his music hits, but. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not super down on it. It all makes sense, but uh, it does. It did not feel like a fresh start tonight or anything. Along those lines, Ed in High Desert, California, said, "Hi, Wade and Tom. I don't know that the season premiere of Raw was anything special or remotely got me interested in anything they did. But with the roster they have, they should have a few months of some good and hot shows. I won't hold my breath though." The ladder match consisted of Seth, who just lost to Edge, Balor, who lost to Roman, and just lost King of the Ring. Ray's been kind of blah, and lost to Roman, and KO was not doing much. Plus, lost to Roman. Based off what they've been doing, is this supposed to be exciting and interesting? I get what was doesn't have to be what is. However, it's hard not to feel it's four losers from SmackDown fighting. Um, so I'll pause there and just kind of re-underline. Look at this as WWE. And this is the part that I always factor into my criticism and my evaluation of Raw and SmackDown. They got a TV contract. It pays them a ton of money. And they come up. They got to come up with 52 main events a year for each show. 104 main events, uh, and and other matches too that fill out the two and three hour shows each week. And it's easy to go, well, that wasn't what I wanted. But it's like, well, what are you going to do if you're coming up with 52 a year? Uh, there's, it's not ideal, you know. If 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 this was a one hour show, and that would be different. If it was a monthly special, it'd be different. But when you actually look at the parameters of, you know, what they've set their viewers up to expect and the roster depth that they have, and, you know, we can step back and reevaluate all of that and people advocate for that. But that's not 
the mode Vince is in. You know, Vince, the USA and NBC Universal and Fox bought a, purchased a show that resembles what we see, and it's risky <laughs> um, to to radically change it. So having three wrestlers who fit the description of what you said, Ed, is a feature, not a flaw. When you see this as a season premiere, where they're just trying to give you a good twenty-four minute main event match that closes out the season premiere and feels high stakes and has familiar names in it, but isn't putting wrestlers who actually don't have the recent losses that you cite, doesn't put them in a position to not be featured or be in a match where they come up short because they're trying to protect the other wrestlers. So by definition, um, again, it's a feature, not a flaw, that they put people in there who aren't in the spot that would be reserved for, say, a longer-built Fatal 4-Way ladder match that maybe is on a pay-per-view. Um, Tom, anything more you want to add to that, or you don't have to? Uh, in an attempt to, in effort to level with the email, I will say that uh, Balor has felt like the guy who has washed out in a top spot several times and only gets put back in top spots when we're expecting someone else, um, like a bunch of people got injured on NXT and so Balor mm-hmm. becomes champion. And then, you know, we're expecting John Cena to come out and challenge Reigns and Balor comes out and we're expecting Brock Lesnar to come out and challenge Roman Reigns and Balor comes out. He's that guy. So very tired of that. Ray doesn't feel like he belongs anywhere near a title right now, but he's also Ray Mysterio. So he gets away with it. And, and, Kevin they, Owens, and they gave us a nice I promo mean, from Ray. You know, I, 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 it's about, yeah, you know, I want exactly. this and I want one more time. And it's like that that's part of the defense of this is they let everyone kind of make their case and, you know, gave us a hook for each of them. So go, yeah, go to Kale. Right. Oh, and, and I mean, I think his his character and, and the way he has endeared himself to to the audience can always get him back in that situation, even just for a one off or a one month program. Uh, and we'll find something to enjoy about it and just just be happy that that he's there, even though if we, we don't think he's going to win. But um, just just saying that to say that I do see where that sentiment is coming from. But uh, the you know what I illustrated earlier that moreover lines up with uh with what you have laid out uh is is more how i'm looking at what they did tonight we're now on patreon by popular demand you can now support us directly through patreon go to patreon.com slash pwtorch vip we have three tiers including an entry level tier one that takes the ads and plugs away you can have the vip versions of the wade keller pro wrestling podcast wade keller pro wrestling post shows and the PW Torch Daily Cast, that's 14 podcasts per week, but with the ads and plugs edited out, plus you get the VIP after shows. Don't be left out anymore from those for just $4.99 at patreon.com slash VIP. We also have a second tier and a third tier where you can upgrade to get other VIP content, including other VIP podcasts and the PW Torch newsletter the current ones, and 20 years ago version. So go check it out, patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. Uh, it adds, uh, I'm fine with RK Bro, but Riddle and his act has run out of steam. Probably been on the downside for a few weeks already. Is it possible they could have Riddle turn on Orton? But Riddle doesn't quite become a heel, but they unleash the beast in Riddle, the devil inside. My thought was Riddle gets to gets Orton before Orton gets him. Have it be a pretty good beating. Orton out for six to eight weeks. Let Riddle go from there to take on Big E. What do you think? 
haven't thought about it that specifically, but I have thought about how obvious it is that Orton will probably turn on Riddle, and that's your WrestleMania singles match between the two. So why not, just for the sake of it, do what we're not expecting and have have Riddle turn? Um, I I think that would be a little bit more interesting just for the sake of the swerve, I guess, in this particular case. Because I agree, even though I tend to enjoy their matches more than most because of the workers involved. And I, I have a high level of respect for what Orton does in the ring. And, and I mean, obviously just watch riddle between the bells and, and it's very impressive. Um, the act has unfortunately grown stale for me as well. Yeah. I'd, I'd be intrigued by that. I just don't know if the riddle character as presented has a beast inside. Like it would be, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm intrigued, yeah. but like, is it believable that that same person, this sweet, innocent soul, um, is suddenly like gonna outthink Randy Orton? Like I just, it might lack credibility. I'm, I'd be intrigued to see them try, but I'd say put some thought into it. Make sure you've got your bases covered. All right, um, Riddle trying to turn, and and he does get the better of Orton, but then Orton recovers, and he's like, you know what? I'm proud of you, kid. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> just like, oh, okay, we patched that up quick. Yes, you got to be a killer. Um, that's my. Succession reference. Um, glad to see Keith Lee getting a push. Bearcat Lee has a better has a better ring than anything else. Don't know what that is. But could they stop with the puns clawing his way to Raw? Also stop with a roaring. Lee doesn't feel that far ahead of carrying Cross. Speaking of Cross, it sounds like Smith said Lee beat Cross and men are running from Cross. I'm asking who's running. Um, and then he also says, if someone ever left, can they be still coming? They said Veer is coming to Raw. He never left. Thanks for all the great content. Go VIP. You won't be disappointed, people, and you'll enjoy in-depth conversations. I agree with that on that last point. Um, yeah, Tom, uh, any, anything you want to add to uh, Veer, Keith Lee, Karen Cross, Bearcat? I, I agree with the puns, and they did the same thing with Lee. They said that he was clawing his way to Raw, and I'm I'm pretty sure, even though he wasn't making too many appearances, I'm pretty sure that's the brand he was on already. Um, Veer, I'm very curious. I think it's weird it's taken this long. He's okay, but he's a Pittsburgh pirate who was on a reality show in India and had a movie made about him. So what the heck are they waiting on? We got uh, no calls and no emails about uh, the Queen Zelina segment. Tom, any really? th- yeah, any thoughts on that? Um, let me scroll to that giant part of my notes. <laughs> this was what they used as the, the five minutes before the hour hype. This was the one thing that other than the fact that they're in Houston that Byron talked about was that we were going to get a royal proclamation from Queen Zelina. Like, are they... Are they opening the show with this? And then it went on at like 8.35 or something. Um, I'm surprised that they're going with two of these gimmicks at once, especially so soon after, you know, we had a very long King Corbin run followed by a sort of King Shinsuke run. Um, And it's just, I mean, I I guess this is just your general point about it as well, Wade, as as much as, you know, I want to be on the side of, king xavier because of the story they told about him getting to that point and silliness is already sort of his thing so it's believable that he would just lean into this it's just weird that after all this time unless there's something i'm forgetting king of the ring and now queen queen's crown has never had a precedent of giving someone actual power or actual influence and so the fact that these people win 
and then want to parade around and say every other line in a British accent in Zelina's case. Um, I, I thought she was going to do Aaliyah from Queen of the Damned just because, you know, I follow her on Instagram and that's like half of what she posts is her in that cosplay. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it you know, it, it's even got Queen in the name, Queen of the Damned. But, uh, yeah, it's just sort of even the even with her being a heel and using this to get heel heat, it's just sort of embarrassing that uh, that it's just somebody out there playing make believe because they won a tournament that that has a, a royal name. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting they've decided to give her this. It feels like you know an upper mid card commitment to her. Um, you know, she has a hook. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's if I, I'm Zelina, I'm, I think of I, the, uh, I, if I'm Zelina, I feel better now than I did a month ago. Go ahead, Tom. <laughs> oh, for sure. No, I was just going to say that of the um, of course, I would have loved to see Crown Stomp and Shayna. Uh, um, yes. But I think that when you realistically look at the bracket, Zelina is the one who could do the most uh, theoretically with the gimmick. So so I like that she won it uh, tonight's proclamation about what kind of queen she's going to be. Though is just oh, boy. Yes, I agree. I'm Rich Fan, host of the Deep Dive with Rich Fan, a weekly part of the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup of shows. Search PW Torch and Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Every Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern, I dive in with a guest for an hour on anything in the world of wrestling or wrestling related. Want to hear about the influence of historical figures like Big Cat or Ernie Ladd? We gotcha. Want to hear about how crazy the Marine movies got? We are on it. No topic is too big or too small. So if you want to dive in with us, call in live or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch Daily Cast schedule at pwtorchdailycast.com. All right, uh, Tom, you can close out the show. We've gone past an hour and a half here with just a little pitch about how much you recommend or don't recommend Halloween Havoc and uh, you know, maybe two key things or three key things to uh, look forward to or look for on that show. Okay, thanks. Yeah, no, I, uh, I sometimes feel like I'm on an island in liking NXT 2.0, and don't get me wrong – there's a lot of the show that you're just sort of gritting your teeth through, but I personally find that so interesting because, like I said earlier, yeah. we're looking at the entry level, and that's why I started watching NXT. Um, I guess entry level is not the totally accurate way to phrase how NXT used to be, but um, even even in the case of someone like Persia Parada, she was in Shimmer. This isn't her entry level, but that's still the way she comes across. And I am fascinated by that kind of thing. And I love watching the growth. I think that NXT was such a gift in that now we can like do our own armchair scouting uh, and, and, and NXT uh, the brand got away from that for a long enough time that I, I was um, I know this sounds like I'm making it up, but I was wishing for something very similar. It like looks, I even had like a purple color scheme in mind when I was thinking about what a, a, a refresh for NXT could be like. So in that way, NXT 2.0 uh, for all of its warts uh, really feels like what I've been waiting for the, the brand to go back to. Um, and uh, Braun Breaker 
uh, silly though the name is, they have done a very good job of signaling. Uh, like I was talking about the the signaling earlier with the the Big E presentation, they have done a very good job of signaling that they really believe in this guy. It's sort of like in a meta sense, you can see the presentation of him and how they're positioning him, and it's just you get the feeling watching the show. I. I should pay attention to this guy because it feels like they really want him to go places. And so far he's living up to that role and that is engaging to watch. And, uh, and, and I guess I'll just wrap the other, um, the other two points, the other two reasons to watch into one, because you have two toxic attraction matches. And even though Mandy Rose was on tough enough in 2015 and nothing ever really clicked for her along the way, uh, and, and, you know, she's managed to stay employed this long. Uh, I don't think she is someone, based on what she's showing on NXT now, I don't think she's someone that should be looked at as just like, oh, she went back to NXT and she's not worth giving a chance to because in all the years that we've watched her, uh, you know, nothing has worked. So why is it going to work now? Because from where I'm sitting, um, she is really living up to the spot that they are giving her as what I have been calling the face of NXT. Um and I think that uh, uh, JC and Gigi, uh, the, the rest of Toxic Attraction, should just be thrilled to be hitched to that ride. Um, and they are all in title matches tomorrow night. And I strongly believe that Mandy Rose is going to be the next NXT Women's Champion. So tune in, watch it, and then give us a call on the Daily Cast line to let us know what you thought. I saw a picture on uh, Twitter of like four NBA players who are all like, you know, cool guys in their mid twenties, like showing up to the building, and um, you know, and they don't have to wear like the suits anymore. Like that edict is is gone. Like they can like dress how they want. And they had every like color that's in the NXT logo on their clothes, like shirt, <laughs> yeah. pants, shoes. And I'm still just sort of amused that so many people thought those were Nickelodeon colors. Like I tune into Nickelodeon, and they're bright yeah. and shiny and primary. And it's like, no, this is like. You know, I mean, I'm I'm not like I don't dress like that. I don't even you know I'm the most generic dresser there is. But I like I saw the NXT colors and I heard the theme song and I'm like, you know what? There's probably something to be learned from this. This isn't you know yep. Kevin Dunn saying we need to go pastel to get the kids. Like this came across as something that somebody who is a graphic designer and an artist and knows what's right around the corner or is already out there that you know you and I just flying under our radar uh is out there like and and so i saw those nba players are just like oh wow okay you know i think you know whether you know whether it resonates with uh you know i mean black t-shirts represent 97.8 percent of all t-shirt sales in pro wrestling so maybe they're trying and they're going to just go over people's you know they're, they're not going to hit their market but i like that they tried something different with that and from the second i heard the song and saw the logo and then the redesign of the arena, the artist rendering of it. I'm like, this is different. And I was ready for something different. I was ready for something different from NXT. I'm with you, Tom, on, on this more than I think uh, most people. 100% agreed. And I, I really liked seeing that schematic as well, because I thought it was high time that the arena get a refresh. And now they, they have them coming out from the correct side too. I guess, well, no, I guess they did in the, um, 
in the sort of like grunge pit version of of the performance center as well. But yeah, for so long it was like it's mini raw and mini smackdown, mm-hmm. but the hard cams on the wrong side. Um, you know, when when we're trying to be like, oh well, you know, Finn Balor's there because he's <laughs> just learning the camera placements. Uh, it's like really, I I don't know. And I've even said that a lot to try to to try to justify it. But anyway, yes, I really optimistic when I saw that. And and for my part, you know, I didn't see the the basketball players, but there there have been at least two different social media apps where you like post pictures and do filters and whatnot and there are filters that are that exact same color color scheme even in sort of like a splash motif so yep. i see that and i'm like oh that, okay this is this is around yeah i mean certainly what triple h did to the logo is not <laughs> not current so um you know right. just about anything was going to be a little more current and and uh cool all right, uh, Tom. And they, and they had sort of uh, stomped the, in in my opinion, you know, and and I already said that, you know, going up against AEW resulted in what I felt was the worst stretch of NXT. Yeah. Um, but I feel like when they did that, they kind of tore down everything that was that version of NXT, mm-hmm. and so the best thing you could do is a complete refresh. Yeah. I'm with you. Awesome. Uh, thanks, Tom. Look forward to your uh, post show tomorrow, and I uh, appreciate you co-hosting today. Good conversation. Thanks so much. Glad to be back on, Wade. Absolutely. Thanks to our emailers, our callers, and of course, all the listeners. And we'll talk to you next time tomorrow on the flagship, in fact, with Jason Powell. So send those questions in, Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. One of the really cool parts of being a VIP member is getting to relive history through the pages of the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter back issues. We have Pro Wrestling Torch newsletters dating back to the late 1980s. We put a new back issue up from 20 years ago that week. And so when you go VIP, you instantly have access to over 1,500 back issues and a new PDF, along with an all-text version, if it's easier for you to read that on your phone, uh, goes up every weekend. And the latest issues include a cover story from the June 10th, 2000 issue on Goldberg's return to WCW and whether he's a solution to what was ailing WCW at the time. Also, my column titled Vince Russo is from Outer Space and Bruce Mitchell's column, still timely today, unfortunately, of Racist Gimmicks and Poverty Pimps was the title. That's issue number 606. The week before that, issue number 605 from June 3rd features a cover story that talks about how there could be a shakeup in the wrestling industry with WCW for sale, and ECW having an uncertain future. And also a Bruce Mitchell column spoofing Vince Russo titled, How I Became World Champion. If we go back another week to the May 27th, 2000 issue, it had detailed coverage of the Judgment Day 2000 pay-per-view, including my review and staff roundtable reviews of the Rock Triple H 60-minute Iron Man match, and also the final installment of the Lance Storm Torch Talk with his thoughts on various ECW colleagues. The week before that, the May 20th, 2000 issue, issue number 603, features a cover story on Ric Flair's collapse in the ring during Nitro, part three of the Landstorm Torch Talk, with his explanation for why he decided to quit ECW, our coverage of ECW Hardcore Heaven, the pay-per-view, and more. And then the week before that, the May 13th issue, features a cover story on the changing TV landscape in pro wrestling, with the WBF moving from USA to TNN, and a potential shift to ECW, 
Also a cover sidebar story on the death of an ECW fan after a hotel party and WCW Slamboree coverage. And the week before that, our coverage from the May 6th issue, number 601, of David Arquette winning the WCW title. My EndNotes editorial examining Vince Russo's controversial decision and flippant comments about title belts. Our coverage of WWE Backlash 2000 and more. I could keep going on, but that gives you an idea of what you're missing out on by not being a BIP member. Imagine settling in on the weekend and uh, kicking back and reading wrestling history, not through the lens of WWE filtering it to their benefit, not through people looking back on it through today's lens, but what was said at the time, the week it happened, by some of the voices that you are familiar with here on the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast and PW Torch Daily Casts. So go VIP and relive professional wrestling through the way the Torch covered it in real time with contemporaneous coverage of pro wrestling's biggest events, biggest news stories, biggest personalities. I think you'll have a blast. It alone is worth the membership price for so many of our members. Check out details on everything else that comes with the VIP membership, including daily podcasts that are VIP exclusive and shows like this with the ads and plugs removed. Go to pwtorch.com slash govip for full details. That's pwtorch.com slash govip. Prices are as low as $8.25 a month on average if you subscribe for a year or check us out for a month for $9.99. Have you subscribed to the PW Torch Daily Cast yet? It's a free daily podcast with shows throughout the week dedicated to Ring of Honor, All Elite Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, Major League Wrestling, NXT, and MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. That's Monday through Friday. And on Saturdays, check out the Deep Dive with Rich Fan, where he examines a single topic in depth. And then Sunday nights, it's Wrestling Night in America with Greg Parks. You can listen live or download the show later at pwtorchdailycast.com. Just click on the live stream link. He takes your calls talking about wrestling's biggest events, either ones that just took place or previewing shows that are right around the corner. And on Sundays when WWE runs pay-per-views, he's live right after the pay-per-view at pwtorchdailycast.com, reviewing the show and taking your calls. That's the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup. Just search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your wrestling podcasts or visit our homepage to download or stream the shows or find out more information, pwtorchdailycast.com. We're now on Patreon. That's right. You can support us and get benefits at patreon.com slash pwtorchvip. That's patreon.com slash pwtorchvip. We have three tiers, $4.99, $6.99, and $9.99. The first tier gives you all the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcasts and Post Shows and the PW Torch Daily Casts with the ads and plugs removed. That membership tier also includes the VIP After Shows that on occasion we put on extended versions for VIP members at the end of the Wade Keller Shows and Daily Casts. And it's compatible with the Apple Podcast app and any other third-party podcast app out there, or you can stream the shows directly from your Patreon app or the Patreon website. Or you can upgrade to Tier 2 for $2 extra dollars a month and add the Wade Keller Hotline to the mix, a daily podcast just for VIP members who support us. Or you can upgrade to Tier 3 and get all the Wade Keller podcasts and post shows and daily casts with the ads and plugs removed and the VIP after shows and the Wade Keller Hotlines, plus all the other VIP exclusive podcasts and a PDF and all text version of the weekly Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly newsletter and a 20 years ago 
Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly newsletter every week. Full details on how to support us and get so much in return with three different tiered options at patreon.com slash pwtorchvip. You can still support us directly on our website and get the full VIP benefits for $9.99 a month by going to pwtorch.com slash govip. That has not changed. This is just an additional option for those of you who are familiar with and like supporting creators on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash pwtorchvip. We're now on Patreon. That's right. You can support us and get benefits at patreon.com slash pwtorchvip. That's patreon.com slash pwtorchvip. We have three tiers, $4.99, $6.99, and $9.99. The first tier gives you all the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling podcasts and post shows and the PW Torch daily casts with the ads and plugs removed. That membership tier also includes the VIP after shows that on occasion we put on extended versions for VIP members at the end of the Wade Keller shows and daily casts. And it's compatible with the Apple Podcast app and any other third-party podcast app out there, or you can stream the shows directly from your Patreon app or the Patreon website. Or you can upgrade to Tier 2 for two extra dollars a month and add the Wade Keller hotline to the mix, a daily podcast just for VIP members who support us. Or you can upgrade to Tier 3 and get all the Wade Keller podcasts and post shows and daily casts with the ads and plugs removed and the VIP after shows and the Wade Keller hotlines, plus all the other VIP exclusive podcasts and a PDF and all text version of the weekly Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly newsletter and a 20 years ago Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly newsletter every week. Full details on how to support us and get so much in return with three different tiered options at patreon.com slash pwtorchvip. You can still support us directly on our website and get the full VIP benefits for $9.99 a month by going to pwtorch.com slash govip. That has not changed. This is just an additional option for those of you who are familiar with and like supporting creators on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash pwtorchvip. Hey, if you'd like to hear this show without ads and plugs interrupting, there's one thing you can do right now to make that happen, and that is become a PW Torch VIP member. You get about a dozen other podcasts throughout the week that I host that are VIP exclusive, and you get the Wade Keller post shows and podcasts during the week with the ads and plugs removed, all on a separate feed exclusively for VIP members. Plus tons of other podcasts that are VIP exclusive, access to our full archives of podcasts dating back to 2004, which includes post-pay-per-view roundtables dating back to late 2004. Also access to our full archives, thousands of podcasts, over 1,500 back issues of the Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly Newsletter that started it all, add free access to our website and more. Check out full details at pwtorchvipinfo.com. That's pwtorchvipinfo.com to get full details and then jump to our sign-up form. It's mobile-friendly, desktop-friendly. In two minutes, you can be a VIP member, show support for us, and we'll give you a lot in return, including a streamlined listening experience on your iPhone or Android device with the ads and plugs removed. Go check it out, pwtorchvipinfo.com. I launched the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter as a teenager in high school in the late 80s, and I've been covering professional wrestling ever since. It's been my full-time job since the day I graduated college. And I've followed every technology along the way and tried to be on the cutting edge, and one of them has been podcasting. We were doing podcasts before the word podcast was a word. They were just called audio shows for our subscribers. 
And a cool feature that we introduced last year are flashback Saturday night editions of the Wade Keller Hotline, where every Saturday night we post Wade Keller Hotlines all in one file, a week's worth of shows from 10 and 15 years ago. That means uh, you can listen to what I was saying about the news, about Raw, about SmackDown, about TNA, about WrestleMania hype, WrestleMania fallout, controversies, firings, matches that almost happened and why they didn't happen. Every weekend on Saturday night from 10 and 15 years ago. For instance, the April 6, 2006 Wade Keller Hotline had a ton of insider news on the Hulk Hogan-Steve Austin dynamic at the WWE Hall of Fame and the prospects of a Hogan versus Austin match and how close it came to happening at WrestleMania 22, what stood in its way, and what the prospects were of it happening in the future, why Steve Austin said what he said about Hulk Hogan at the Hall of Fame during his Bret Hart intro, and what the backstage interaction was between the two of them. That's just one example of some of the fascinating reporting that was going on, likely before you were listening to some of my free podcasts here. So uh, go VIP. It's one of many, many cool benefits that come with a VIP membership. Get details at pwtorch.com slash go VIP. 